RTHK, the news at 11 with Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines, state leader Zhao Leji outlines his expectations as he met local National People's Congress delegates on the sidelines of the MPC session in Beijing. MPC Standing Committee Chairman Li Shu says the national security law formulated for Hong Kong in 2020 has been a game-changer. And mainland authorities detain a seventh person in connection with the murder of socialite Abby Choi and handed her over to Hong Kong police. State leader Zhao Leji has outlined his expectations for Hong Kong as he met local National People's Congress delegates on the sidelines of the MPC session in Beijing. He says the SAR should fully implement one country, two systems and resolve issues relating to development, contribute to the country's development and achieve unity and solidarity. His local MPC deputy, Starry Lee, after their meeting with the Politburo Standing Committee member leaders to deliver a very clear message that the central government to support uh, the implementation of one country to system and uh, he encouraged most of us to make use of this golden opportunity to further develop our economy and also to work harder for a better Hong Kong. Another MPC delegate, finance sector lawmaker Ronick Chan, says Hong Kong should utilise financial technology and leverage its status as an international financial centre. We should have more innovation on our product shelf. For example, we have just issued the tokenized green bond, which is the first of its kind, you know, around the world. I think we have to continue to uh, launch uh, similar products so that we can capture um, the first mover advantage. Also in Beijing, MPC Standing Committee Chairman Li Jianshu says the national security law formulated for Hong Kong in 2020 was a game-changer because the city had long been defenceless in this aspect. Mr Li today delivered a work report at the MPC session. He says the country's legislature helped the city form an effective democratic electoral system by improving the way the chief executive and legislative council members are elected. We have also formulated many decisions to maintain the constitutional order in the special administrative regions and maintain the long-term stability and peace in Hong Kong and Macau region with our legislative guarantee. To other news, a seventh person has been arrested in connection with the murder of socialite Abby Choi. The suspect was picked up by authorities on the mainland and handed over to Hong Kong police. Frank Young reports. The suspect is a 29-year-old woman who was handed over to Hong Kong officers at Shenzhen Bay Port. She is suspected of having assisted one of the murder suspects, and police allege she fled to the mainland after the case. Meanwhile, the mother of the murdered socialite is seeking a court order to block Choi's former father-in-law from selling a luxury property on Kaduri Avenue. Chang Yinfa filed a writ at a high court against Kwong Kao, one of three people charged with Choi's murder. Choi's mother wants the court to declare Choi as the beneficial owner of the flat and that the former father-in-law only holds the title deeds as a trustee. The mother is also hoping to stop him from selling, disposing, transferring or dealing with the flat without her prior consent or knowledge. In its latest quarterly report, a cybersecurity watchdog has recorded a record high in local phishing incidents. The Hong Kong Computer Emergency Response Team Coordination Center adds that cyber criminals are using AI tools to create phishing email content and malware. Alex Chan is a spokesman for the watchdog. People are getting more handy to access these tools. Definitely lower the, uh, the barriers to launch attacks. For example, writing a phishing email, somehow you just ask the questions. It can generate a very genuine and formal-looking email. 
you can ask ChatGPT to generate the source code of malware or program with malicious content. Even though the ChatGPT includes some protection mechanism, but we already find out cyber criminals have developed evasion methods and shared it in the dark market as a service. We can see that these can definitely help the people without such high advanced skills can obtain to those source to launch attacks. And a look at the weather forecast for tonight and tomorrow. It'll be mainly fine and dry at first tomorrow with a minimum temperature of about 18 degrees and a high of about 25. The outlook mainly fine with quite low visibility in the next couple of days and it will be rather warm. Currently the observatory it's 19 degrees Celsius, the relative humidity now at 78%. You're listening to RTHK. The time is coming up to 5 minutes past 11. New People's Party member Judy Chan says the government should strengthen efforts to tackle Hong Kong's declining birth rate. Ahead of International Women's Day tomorrow, the party surveyed about 500 mothers, asking what would motivate them to have another child. They found most mothers would consider doing so if their spouses would help more with household chores. There was also strong demand for tax deductions when hiring foreign domestic helpers and increases to childcare allowances. But Ms Chan stressed any solutions could not be purely financial. Because taking care of a, a young kid can be a really challenging job and tiring job. And domestic helper might be uh, the only solution now, but I don't think it is the best solution. So um, I really like having um, more child care support within the communities. Uh, the government, I would like to see them, they have uh, more daycare centers or even um, more baby, more community babysitters program to uh, establish. Tickets went on sale today for high-speed rail destinations across Guangdong, with services further afield than Shenzhen and Guangzhou set to resume in phases from Saturday. Leung Pak Hei reports. People turned up at West Kowloon Station, hoping to get their hands on the express rail tickets. They can be bought up to 14 days in advance. One would-be traveller, Mr. Yu, told RTHK he had to turn up in person to buy a ticket to Puning because he couldn't get the MTR's high-speed rail app to work. When I tried to buy my ticket on the app, I couldn't see the departure date and time of the trains on it, so I was forced to come to West Kowloon Station to buy it. Another man, Mr. Wong, complained that he couldn't buy a ticket to Shenzhen North either online or from a machine at the station because he doesn't have a credit card. But when I tried to buy it at the West Kowloon Station's ticket machine, they do not accept autobus payment, he said. And a woman came away empty-handed when she found out that she couldn't book a seat to Fuzhou in April because tickets are only available up to 14 days in advance. Foreign Minister Ching Gang says the downing of an unmanned aircraft last month was dramatized by the United States, creating a diplomatic crisis. Early in February, the U.S. shot down an unmanned 200-foot aircraft, which Beijing said was a weather balloon that had been blown off course rather than being for surveillance off the Carolina coast. Speaking through an interpreter at a press conference on the sidelines of the annual two-sessions parliament meeting in Beijing, Mr. Chin said the incident revealed U.S. intentions. In violation of the spirit of international law and international customary practices, the United States acted with a presumption of guilt. It overreacted, abused force, and dramatized the accident, creating a diplomatic crisis that could have been avoided. An accident can reveal something fundamental. In this case, 
the United States' perception and views of China are seriously distorted. The United Nations says the cost of the damage from last month's devastating earthquake in Turkey and northern Syria is in excess of 100 billion US dollars. The BBC's Imogen Folks has more. The earthquakes in Turkey and Syria took just minutes to cause devastation that will take billions of dollars and years to repair. UN aid agencies warn that lack of investment in rebuilding will disrupt livelihoods and education, leading to unemployment, poverty and child labour. But a first UN appeal for immediate emergency aid to the earthquake regions is less than 10% funded. UN officials hope for more money at the donor conference next week. There's huge disruption in France today where hundreds of thousands of workers are striking again over the government's plans to increase the retirement age. Most rail services have been stopped and many schools closed. The BBC's Hugh Schofield says so far the industrial action has had a minimal impact on the government's plans. So far, they haven't made more than a kind of dent in the government's plans. The government has given a little bit here and there by making some alterations to the bill, which is going through Parliament now. But on the fundamentals, it hasn't changed. I mean, the government is it knows that it's running down the clock. It's pushing this through Parliament through a kind of accelerated procedure, which means that quite soon, you know, in a couple of weeks, by the end of March, it'll have completed its passage. So, you know, the, the pressure is building. The British government has introduced controversial new legislation to detain and swiftly deport migrants coming to the country in small boats. The law will ban such migrants seeking asylum after reaching the United Kingdom. Claims will instead be assessed after deportation. The Interior Minister, Suella Braverman, outlined the plans in Parliament. We've seen a 500% increase in small boats crossings in two years. They will not stop coming here until the world knows that if you enter Britain illegally, you will be detained and swiftly removed. Rights groups say the law means thousands of genuine refugees would be treated like criminals. Russia's Defence Minister Sergei Shoigu says controlling Bakhmut, where fighting is raging, would provide an opening for a further Russian offensive deep into eastern Ukraine. This city is an important defensive hub for Ukrainian troops in Donbass. Capturing it will allow further offensive operations deep into the defense lines of the armed forces of Ukraine. Kyiv and defense analysts say its seizure would be of symbolic rather than strategic value. A Kremlin-installed official has claimed Russian forces now hold nearly half of the city. Russia has been trying to encircle Bakhmut and cut Ukrainian supply lines. Earlier, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said he had told military commanders to find the forces to boost Bakhmut's defences. I told the commander-in-chief to find the appropriate forces to help our troops in Bakhmut. There is no part of Ukraine about which one can say that it can be abandoned. There is no Ukrainian trench in which the resilience and heroism of our warriors would be disregarded. The occupier kills for the very fact that we are Ukrainians. Officials in the U.S. state of Georgia had charged 23 people with domestic terrorism offences in connection with an attack on a new police training centre during protests on Sunday. Police in Atlanta say the suspects were part of a coordinated group. The city's police chief, Darren Sheerbaum, said violence against police officers will not be tolerated. When it's a legitimate protest, you have the full protection of the Atlanta Police Department. This is not a pro- this is criminal activity. 
and the charges that will be brought forth will show that. When you throw commercial-grade fireworks, when you throw Molotov cocktails, large rocks, a uh, number of items at officers, your only intent is to harm. Aid workers in eastern Congo say fighting is continuing between the army and M23 rebels. Despite a ceasefire agreement, both sides accuse the other of triggering the clashes. The BBC's Mary Harper reports. The aid workers said there's fighting on at least two fronts. Another source said there'd been clashes in Karuba and Kibirizi in north Kivu province. Deaths and injuries were reported. The M23 has issued a defiant statement saying that while it's committed to a peaceful solution, it will not hesitate to defend itself if attacked by the Congolese army or its allied militias. Eastern Congo is rapidly becoming an international theatre of war. East African forces have been deployed and Rwanda is regularly accused of backing the M23, a charge it denies. To sports now, and in the NBA, Donovan Mitchell poured in 40 points as the Cleveland Cavaliers sent the Boston Celtics spinning to a third straight defeat. The Cavs' last lead was very early in the game until now. Donovan Mitchell, he got free by getting these free throws. Now he's feeling really good and he has been dominating. The score was 118 to 114 at the end of overtime in a heavyweight clash of the Eastern Conference rivals. European football's governing body UEFA will refund all Liverpool football fans who bought tickets for last year's Champions League final against Real Madrid. There were scenes of chaos before the match in Paris with fans penned against fences and tear gassed. The BBC's Joe Wilson reports. The final at the Stade de France was delayed by more than half an hour. French police used tear gas outside the stadium and many Liverpool supporters gave deeply troubling testimony of their experiences. An independent report said UEFA bore primary responsibility for what went wrong. And now the governing body says its refund plan will cover all of Liverpool's ticket allocation for the game. That's more than 19,000 supporters. Real Madrid fans and neutral supporters can also apply for refunds if they were in the most affected areas of the ground. In the NFL, former Las Vegas Raiders quarterback Derek Carr has found a new home in New Orleans. Carr has agreed to a four-year deal with the Saints that could be worth up to 150 million US dollars. He played nine seasons for the Raiders but struggled late last season. And a reminder of our top stories tonight, state leader Zhao Leji outlines his expectations as he met local National People's Congress delegates on the sidelines of the MPC session in Beijing. And MPC Standing Committee Chairman Li Jianshu says the national security law formulated for Hong Kong in 2020 has been a game-changer. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio It's twilight time Out of the mist your voice is calling Tis twilight time When purple colored curtains mark the end of day I'll hear you, my dear, at twilight time Indeed, the dying embers of Tuesday, Wednesday, just minutes away And thanks for tuning in to Twilight Time Hour 45 minutes of easygoing music between now and midnight. And don't forget, if you'd like to choose a song, it's Radio Pete at Gmail. First one for you tonight. She had a number of hits. Her name's Brenda Lee, and the song is Emotions. Together at last at twilight time. 
Suddenly you know why my 